0: With my friends and colleagues over several weeks, I've decided to shift the focus of this podcast away from interviews to my discussion of the latest, greatest, and sometimes the most interesting academic fashion research with new posts twice a week. Most of the time, I'll be sharing both research methods and actual research from others in the academic fashion community alongside my own commentary and discussion. However, sometimes I'll also share my own interdisciplinary research. I'm particularly interested in the intersection of health, aesthetics, marriage theory, and fashion theory. Most of my current work is centered around the great impact haute couture and luxury demi-couture has on women suffering from difficult marriages and postpartum depression. Nothing does more to improve body image and affective self-esteem than fashion purchasing, and nothing is more effective in improving marriage quality than a variety of daily clothing choices with the emphasis on variety. I started my research career focused in linguistics from ages nine to 18, shifted to marriage theory from ages 18 to 22, microbiology theory from ages 22 to 25, and fashion theory from ages 25 to the present. My biggest passion has always been in helping people have good marriages. For a long time, I thought I wanted to be a marriage theorist until I realized that all the biggest questions have already been answered by, by Dr. Harley. People cite Gottman and Fisher a lot, but neither of them have solved any problems and harp endlessly about correlated issues rooted in the way that women look and the way that they make their husbands feel. The The sad reality is that a lot of marriage theorists at the moment don't want to accept the uncomfortable truth that there's no biological explanation uh, other than perimenopause causing the highest spike in infidelities. So as soon as a woman reaches perimenopause, irrespective of the age of her husband, her husband will have a midlife crisis, and that leads to infidelity. And the only way to curb that is for women to change their hair color every two years, change their physical appearance in terms of fashion choices, you know, choosing Prabhu Gurung one day, Michael Kors the next day, me the third day. You know, you have to have this variety, otherwise you're going to have marriage problems. And no one wants to deal with this in the academic community. Every You know, 90% of marriage problems are related to aesthetics, but no marriage theorist, other than Harley, has had the courage to state this in his Marriage Builders course, where he covers his needs, her needs, alongside love busters. I think everybody should read these books, because this is the foundation of the future. I don't think any other researcher has done more for the field than Dr. Harley, and I decided early on, as soon as I discovered his books, that I could have a greater impact in applied marriage theory namely, the intersection of marriage with other disciplines, including fashion. I wrote a summa cum laude senior thesis in marriage theory at age 22, where I integrated vastly different subjects in economics, biology, immunology, political science, fashion studies, and marriage studies to come up with the most comprehensive approach to interdisciplinary predictors of marriage stability and instability. After college, I went on to graduate school and a PhD. I did a brief stint in microbiology research, invented a treatment that's now patent pending and heading into clinical trials, and then returned back to, you know, my home in in social science research. My work as a researcher has always been interdisciplinary owing to the fact that I have unlimited curiosity. I read papers in a variety of disciplines, I read books in a variety of disciplines, and I don't subject myself to the siloed nature of other fields. To me, good research. Good fashion research, good marriage research has to involve different subjects and integrate along subject lines for it to push the boundaries of academic achievement and potential. Towards this end, and to start out the shift, I'm sharing some of the research methods used by academic scholars, which includes myself as I've received and accepted an offer for a tenured professorship in fashion after graduation. Following in the footsteps of Rav Simmons, I will continue designing during my professorship. In subsequent episodes, I'll share actual research, but I think everybody tuning in needs a brief overview of different methodologies so that they'll be able to follow along in the fascinating universe of research. Scholars and research professionals including Flynn, Foster, Kawamura, Lipovetsky, McRobbie, Neeson, Braden, Palmer, Ribeiro, Taylor, and Cora have always argued that fashion is used as a marginal area of research by other scholars. Leading fashion scholars and research professionals, including Flynn, Foster, Kawamura, Lupovetsky, McRobbie, Neeson, Bryden, Palmer, Ribeiro, Taylor, and Cora, have always argued that fashion is viewed as a marginal area of research by other scholars due to the lack of a clearly articulated framework and methodological component to study the subject of fashion, dress, and applied marriage theory. In order to make fashion and dress studies more established, capable of standing on its own right as a discipline, and to make it into an interdisciplinary area that is similar to art history, sociology, psychology, social anthropology, gender studies, culture studies, marriage and family studies, and media studies, disciplined steps have to be taken. Taylor wrote an object-based approach to fashion studies in The Study of Dress History, 2002, and Establishing Dress History, 2004. Flynn and Foster's book, Research Methods for the Fashion Industry, 2009, has been very helpful for fashion professionals in the field. However, it's not an academic book. Jens edited Fashion Studies, Research Methods, Sites, and Practices in 2016, which is a good book. Gamester wrote about Visual Research Methods and Fashion in 2015 and the great and amazing Yunia Kawamura published Doing Research in Fashion and Dress, An Introduction to Qualitative Methods, which offers the most rigorous approach to the innovative area of fashion studies. Uh, She published these books, the first edition in 2011 and the second edition in 2015. Like any social science field, fashion studies employs a variety of research methods and approaches, which can be split into three broad categories. Category 1, quantitative methods. Category 2, qualitative methods. Category 3, mixed methods. Now qualitative methods include analytic induction, field surveys, action research, archival research, case studies, content analysis, ethnography, focus groups, historical methods, life history, morphological analysis, participant observation, semi-structured interviews, structured and unstructured interviews, textual analysis, semiology, object-based research, and online research. Most fashion qualitative research is focused on object-based research just because it's the easiest to do as it's a very visual discipline. Mixed methods include the Delphi method, the ladder interview, Q methodology, the repertory grid, and triangulation. Quantitative methods, which I love the most, include quantitative marketing research, survey and questionnaire research, social sequence analysis, social network analysis, regression analysis, multivariate statistics, longitudinal studies, cluster analysis, alongside correlation and association. Social sequence analysis involves examining ordered social processes and interpersonal contact dynamics that develop into social hierarchies and macrosocial temporal patterns that can involve statistical event history analysis, optimal matching analysis, narrative event structure analysis, and dynamic social network analysis. Social network analysis involves investigating social structures through the use of networks and graph theory, which puts network structures into nodes, you know, people or things in a network, and then edges and links, which are relationships or interactions that connect them. Examples of this include social media networks, meme networks, friendship romance networks, and so on. Such networks are then visualized using statistics to analyze problems. Multivariate statistics are concerned with multivariate multivariate statistics is concerned with multivariate probability distributions in terms of actual distributions and their use in statistical interference. Often simple linear regression and multiple regression. Regression analysis often only looks at one variable. The best research looks at multiple variables, and it's often much more thorough and nuanced. Longitudinal studies are my favorite, and they've been my favorite since age 19 when I first read The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce by my mentor, the great UC Berkeley sociologist Judith Wallerstein, who wrote a great study on what divorce and bad marriage is due to children and adults over a 25-year period. Longitudinal research involves studying the same variables, people, objects, things, over long periods of times and or as randomized experiments. Cluster analysis groups objects in a way that sorts apples and oranges into separate apples and oranges categories, much like what multi-objective optimization does. The other areas are all self-explanatory and I'm sure you guys know all of them already. I'm primarily a quantitative researcher as I care a lot about details, precision, accuracy, relevancy and impact. Generally speaking, Most other fashion academics employ qualitative methods, which has tremendous potential, but lacks quantitative rigor in terms of precision and definitive scientific methodologies employed. In any event, in all subsequent episodes, I'll define the terms for each area of research used in each study, and then get right into the details and discussion, which is the most interesting part. There's much more to come. I'm keen to start out with the classical papers in academic fashion, and then delve into current research, including my own. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm eagerly anticipating the future.